This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Wheelhouse. Earlier this year, my business partner and I launched a new vacation rental management company. And knowing that having top-notch software providers by our side was a major key to success, we set out to find the best revenue management software in the short-term rental space. This is where Wheelhouse comes in. It's an incredibly robust platform that gives us critical market data and integrates seamlessly into our software stack. More importantly, it's built by a great team with a ton of easy tools for you to earn more on your short-term rental. Put simply, Wheelhouse has enabled us to grow our business and earn more on every reservation. We use it daily, and if you're in or looking to get into owning or managing a short-term rental, I know it can help you too. To learn more, head over to their website, usewheelhouse.com, and you can use code KNOWINGHOSPITALITY to get 50% off your first month with Wheelhouse. That's usewheelhouse.com. Now let's get to the podcast. Us as a company, we were pretty proactive. We came out right away. We knew what we were going to do. We got open quickly so we could bring people back and put them back to work. So that was a, a positive. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Ken Merkel. He's the Senior VP of Operations at Avocet Hospitality Group, a hotel management company based in Charleston, South Carolina, and he's been leading the charge to bring the company's hotels back. And coming back for their hotels has meant a literal hockey stick if you were to graph out their rate and occupancy performance since spring break. They're setting records and looking to close out 2021 as one of their best ever. But in operations, high rates and occupancy have to be supported by engaged staff, a full suite of amenities and services, and the ability to get the flywheel turning again. Ken shares how they've been dealing with these challenges and some of the thinking that's going on behind the scenes with respect to balancing getting back to normal and what the new normal will actually look like. As an industry, we're all in the same body of water, just in different boats. We're all dealing with similar challenges, and my hope is that in this conversation, you'll find some commonality, camaraderie, and perhaps some ideas on where you can take your own property. So let's get to it. This is episode 59 of the Proven Principles podcast, Ken Merkel on post-pandemic hotel operations. Enjoy. Ken, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to have you here. Adam, thanks so much. I'm uh, I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, it, it, it ha one operations guy to another. I, we can just <laughs> nerd out on hotel operations for as long as, as we need to. So apologies to the audience uh, in advance. Yes, <laughs> but so I think, you know, we got- more. Yeah, we got some good stuff I think we're going to talk about today. Hopefully some things that are going to help everybody as we we reopen here. But before leading the witness too much, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, I uh, I work for a company called Avocet Hospitality Group. I'm the senior VP of operations. So um, I, that means chief cook and bottle washer, I think, to most. And uh, uh, the group that I'm with is uh, three hotels currently. Um you know, and we we have uh, two hotels in Charleston, South Carolina, and one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So diverse, uh, historic hotel. Two of them are historic hotels um, with buildings. Uh, Vendu is uh, 1782, and um, Chattanooga is uh, from uh, 1926. So we're getting close to our 150 years of being open because. The Reed House in Chattanooga has been continually open since 1872, so it's wow. uh, been operated through pandemics and all the different mm -hmm. things that we kind of are familiar with here lately. Yeah, pandemics before and this one too. 
Exactly. Yeah. Did exactly. you guys stay open there? We did. We stayed open the whole time. We didn't want to. Uh, we didn't want to ruin the legacy. So uh, it was probably about seven of us, and I took the housekeeping duties. So <laughs> I was never happier to see our group come back. Yeah. No kidding. And has so how has things how have things evolved over the last couple of months here. I mean, we're hearing all of this. There's a lot of talk in the media about revenge travel and, and leisure travels up. I think we all kind of know that, especially if you follow the star data, you sort of see that Thursday, Friday, Saturday pattern now. Um, what are you guys seeing out there? Well, it's very positive. And, um, you know, with the, the revenge travel, I think people, COVID created a sense of urgency. And, you know, to reconnect, to find your family, to travel, to you know, just see the sights. And for us, uh, we do have one beach property. So last year in and around May, as things started to just tone down a little bit, that property did fairly well. Um, in 2020, the other two properties were, you know, struggled to make their way. Our downtown Charleston property um, was affected not only um from COVID, but from the other political things going on in the country at that point in time. So that had it, that leaned heavy on, on downtown Charleston. Uh, so right now, uh, what we're seeing is, is people wanting to get back out and, and it helps us. Of course, the beach property is doing gangbusters. Um, but are also in Chattanooga. We, we're very regional. We're a great drive market. So we're pulling from Alabama, Georgia, you know, Tennessee, other parts of Tennessee, and and also North Carolina. So it's it's been strong. And um, it was almost like a curtain drew back in the first part of March when our spring local spring breaks started happening. And that's when we saw the pattern shift and it just has stayed constant to the point now where it is record setting. Wow. Wow. Okay. At, at, in a very short amount of time, in a just, very it's, it's short like hockey stick, literal hockey stick. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it's so different that we find ourselves forecasting much more frequently Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I can tell you that we, we actually are forecasting monthly now out to the end of the year, just to try to stay on top of where we're at. But, but the good news is, um, we, we just realized our best month, uh, in, uh, or May was a great month. And then June just finished up, um, our best month, uh, since actually better because we're not a stabilized, fully stabilized hotel in Chattanooga, but we've done our best month that we have since we reopened in 2018. Um, so we're driving, you know, not only occupancy, but rate. And of course, RevPAR is following. And then in the, the Charleston area in general, which of course is a, a great tourist town, I would say most of the hotels, irregardless if you're at the beach or in the city, are record occupancy and uh record rate right now wow so that's it's not it's not a phenomenon just related to to your property it's the whole area is doing well. exactly i can like i can imagine that that quick ramp up uh 
in some respects was foreseen. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. You just don't really know when it's going to happen. You're just sure. sort of waiting for that, that catalyst. Um, it, how did you, how do you deal with the, this, and how did you, and I'll get to the point here, you know, I know that the staffing issue in hotels is, is a, is a big issue right now, trying to figure out, you know, how to get people in the door, um, from an operations perspective. And we can dive into your, your recruiting strategy, if you'd like to talk about it. Um, I'm really more interested in, in figuring out, like, how did you guys ramp up the operation to go from like, you know, really low occupancy to pretty high occupancy overnight while, you know, I'm assuming that rates went up, uh, guest expectations were probably continue to be pretty sky high. Uh, but if you don't have the staff to be able to deliver on the typical level of service that you normally would, sometimes that, that gap is kind of where someone like, you know, you and me would (laughs) spend a lot of time trying to minimize. Um, can you give us some color on that? Well, definitely the the labor situation nationwide has been talked about um, probably ad nauseum. Everyone is feeling it. So management is, um, as you do in hospitality, you have to be able to do a lot of different things and multitask and, and wear a lot of different hats. And, and that is true. And for us... Um, We've been very fortunate that we didn't have to restrict any of our rooms and and lower um, our inventory. We were able to go at it uh, now, oppositely in the food and beverage side, because we have uh, food and beverage outlets with each of our hotels. Um, that has been impacted very uh, erratically, actually, whether it was COVID outbreaks with contact tracing that would affect our ability to operate, or if it is just, um, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are going out there and offering a dollar more. And, and sometimes that happens. And I don't want to make that sound like we have a lot of folks jumping because we've got a great staff and, and a lot of true people that, that really stuck with us. And, and I think. We tried to be true to them, even when we had to furlough them. There was, you know, with, with health benefits and different things that we could do to keep them uh, in our family. And that's really what it is, is trying to keep everybody in the family and, and you know, communicate with them when we didn't have them there and make sure that, you know, we were still thinking about them. We knew we would get to a point where we could get them back in, in the building and in the house and, and um, you know, utilize their talents. And, and that's kind of what happened, but it, it still is a little bit of a struggle to do it. I can tell you just this week, we had to decide to curtail uh, breakfast at one of our hotels just because a lot of this is on the culinary side. And um, being an old F&B guy, we all know how uh, you got to have the cooks in place to, to yeah. you know, put the food out and keep everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I mean, you know, I, I love the way that you, you talk about, um, the, how you, some of the strategies that you took to keep people in the family when times were tough. And I guess that's a good example of that. A recruiting strategy starts with a retention strategy. And if you could keep enough people in the building and wanting to be there, hopefully 
you have fewer people that you're going to have to try to recruit when things start to turn around. Right. Right. And, and, you know, we've, we've had, uh, we've had good success with that. It, it hasn't been 100%, but, um, we, we feel pretty fortunate of where we're at and, and do have tried to keep the culture, even when they were not with us, you know, that, that it is a family and there's a, you know, there's culture, there's passion, and we're, we're all there to try to, um, tell the story. And that's one of the things about Avocet is we want to, you know, drive things with our passion, you know, that sets the culture and, and we're going to tell a story at each one of our properties. And, and, um, and we involve the staff tremendously in that, whether it's through, you know, uniform or personality. Um, and, and I've always been one of those people that I would rather let their personality shine through because, you know, you can't do it with robots. And we've seen that, there's some people trying and it's not super successful. So, exactly. um, so well, yeah. but it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's been really positive to have people back in. And I think they were excited to get back. Um, and, and, you know, and we'll see how things as nationwide as things start to roll back, which they are, um, you know, hopefully we'll get a few more people in the labor pool and um, the pool will get deeper and yeah. things will be a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's, let's hope for that. I, right. I'm curious to get your sense on, you mentioned that you're forecasting monthly now going forward. I, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there's, you've sort of got a peak and valley situation going on right now where, you know, there's, you may have a, a fill up in, in at one part of the week and then an emptying at another part of the week. And then maybe you kind of run a lower occupancy for a few days and then you ramp up again and then you ramp down again. Um, how, what's the story there? We have experienced that, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um, it has started to um, actually mellow out a little bit. And what is what we're starting to see is that's how on the comeback, we saw that where the um, the weekdays, especially when school was still in session and parents really were still torn. Was it virtual? Was it in person? All those you know, the dynamics of all that. Mm -hmm. But now as we're coming into the summer, we're seeing steady occupancies. Um, and it, what has been interesting as, as we talked initially, I, I did a little homework and now the stay pattern is actually grown longer. So people are making their reservations days out. We're, we're, uh, here in Charleston, we're on a 50 day pattern where we used to be on a 30 day pattern. Wow. For reservations. And, um, you know, our beach property, uh, started in the last three months has eclipsed what we've done in 2019. Mm -hmm. And we don't even look at our 21 budget because that was basically throwing a dart at a wall because you didn't mm -hmm. know what was going to happen. So we, we, really reconcile ourselves with what we did in 2019 and the budget that we wrote in 19 for 20. And mm -hmm. fortunately for us, we're, we're actually eclipsing both of those budgets right now. That's unbelievable. What, what do you think's driving that? I, I, I want to say that it it's, I just think people want control. They want to, mm. and they don't take anything for granted. They want to travel 
you don't know. You know, we've got a Delta variant that nobody really wants to worry about. But yeah. why not go? And, uh, you know, I know I have somebody in my family that for a year and a half had been planning to go to Greece. And uh, she's going to go to Greece in September mm. and said, I'm going one way or the other. So, mm. um, you know, and that's when you try to forecast, look, look at all the things that we don't have. We don't have international travel really geared up. So mm-hmm. not only, you know, people could say, well, we're going to lose to uh, international, but think about the folks that haven't come here uh, to the States that yeah. are in Europe or other areas that can't get here right now. Right, right, right. So, uh, so these records are being set with effectively regional travel. Exactly. You know, whether it's the staycation, whether it's I'm hitting the road, I'm going to tour, you know, it's it's hard to say, but uh, we know that we can look at our, you know, our, all our indicators that we are getting the usual travel patterns from the states that, that come to South Carolina and or Tennessee that are neighboring states or, you know, even Midwestern states that they're they want to get away from home because they've been at home. And yeah. I think that's what's really been driving it. Yeah. And it's, you know, full hotels are one thing. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can revenue manage your way to a full hotel if the demand is there. Uh, but to set records, that's, that's like seeing very little price resistance. That's, that's just like putting rates out there and people keep booking. So you keep raising your rates. It is. And, and you want to, we're cognizant that we don't have every service that we used to have in there. You know, this, the pandemic and COVID has realigned hotel thinking in general, you know, whether it's, do you clean us, do you do stayovers or, you know, if you go to a Airbnb, you don't get your sheets changed every day. Right. Right. So it, you know, uh, we can talk all day long about whether the free breakfast is going to ever make a comeback or not mm-hmm. uh, and, and all the different things. So we have uh, we curtailed a lot of things just based on, uh, you know, our, our cleaning and controls back then and, and during the pandemic and have brought some of those back. But because of staffing. Uh, we haven't been able to bring everything back. We we tried to do turn down in one of our hotels, and it just got to be uh, a big weight on the staff because they were having to work, you know, the doubles. And and when you're mm-hmm. asking them to do all that, you've got to give them a break at some point. Oh yeah. yeah. So you know we're we're back to stay over service in two out of the three hotels. One uh, is just uh, just really strapped for, you know, just the housekeeping side of it. So we, we do whatever we can, you know, we offer to do things and we'll, we'll come in and, uh, and do, do stay over if it's requested and things like that. So it's just changed the dynamic of the services you offer, but people seem to be pretty understanding and almost a little forgiving for some of the services that aren't there as long as, you know, you, you're giving them the experience and the vacation that they were looking for and that yeah. they, they can enjoy themselves. Yeah, that actually, you, you led into my next question perfectly. Good segue. Thanks. <laughs> if, like, is there any, uh, yeah, almost like it was planned. Is I mean, are guests forgiving about having reduced services? Uh, 
when they're paying top dollar. And and I, I guess, I mean, you answered that. It it makes my mind go to whether or not, maybe not Avocet in particular, but like as a thought exercise, if people are okay with not having these services, do you ever really bring them back? I I think that, you know, that's going to be the quandary for all of us in, in yeah. this industry is where do you draw the line? And, mm-hmm. and really for someone like you and I that have been in operations and that pride themselves on delivering that guest experience, when do you say, eh, I don't really want to do that anymore, but I know it was really effective and yeah. it was very guest facing and, and it was worthy of mention because the guests really appreciate it. So that's going to be the balance that we have to find. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's true. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of testing it. it's going to take nobody. This is the interesting, interesting thing about the hotel industry. Those that don't know, like nobody, nobody's really clamoring to be tip of the spear when it comes to innovation, but right. it's going to take a few people to sort of test the waters. And then once the big guys, uh, you know, agree what the direction is, usually everybody else follows suit. Sure. And, and, you know, we can talk about technology, which is, uh, I've been in discussions about are you going to go overboard with technology and you're going to lose that interpersonal relationship between the staff and the guest? And what part of that then falls down on the experience level and, and doesn't really, you can't tell the story if you're just doing it with technology. Well, that's a really good point. And you can engage people so much only so far, I think, you, you know, in a, a text-based or email-based world. And you've got really a few different classes of hotels, and you've talked about this already. You've got, a, your properties are very experiential. Uh, and and a part of the experience is being able to go to the hotel to be within the environment of what it is that you're trying to program. It's different when you go to like, you know, sort of your run-of-the-mill franchise brand in at the airport of whatever city where it's just a room and it's, it's i could almost see at some point there being uh, a blurred line but definitely a division between experiential type hotels like you run sure and just sort of your run-of-the-mill room is a room beige hotel place right and i, I think that's the difference between a boutique hotel and that's what everybody will tell you is you know, in a boutique hotel, you really look to activate the space and and try to bring some kind of movement and action and and you know, as we like to say, storytelling. And then, how does that affect that guest positively? Um, and maybe that's why they're they're coming here because they they didn't want to go to that beige. They wanted it to be purple or you know something like that. And and that's what. Um, I think, I think predicated for, you know, a boutique hotelier is, is what we're trying to do. We're trying to find those things that get the community involved and also can really drive interest. Uh, and hopefully that's indicative of some of the travel that we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that I love that you said getting the community involved at the very beginning of the pandemic and through the first stages of it. I, I was talking a lot about hotels don't typically do a very good job of engaging the five or 10 blocks around them. 
that back then we needed them. We needed the locals to come in, right? Not all restaurants were closed yet. And there was still takeout right. going on. And, you know, some hotels were still open. We needed the, the locals to come and support the hotels, but there hadn't been, uh, in a lot of cases that, that relationship building over many, many years of, of becoming sort of that, that community gathering place, some hotels, sure, but like the vast majority, no. And now that things are starting to go back to the way they used to be, you know, we're sort of maybe turning that eye away from engaging the community again, because the hotels don't need them. Cause you know, like we've talked about earlier already, records are being set. And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting, uh, uh, thought just to, how do we move forward while maintaining, uh, or maybe developing new relationships with the community and not just, just being very fickle about it and only going after them when we need them. Well, and I think too, when you get the community involved, you can get your staff involved and it, it, it may not even be in a fully, uh, work scenario. You can get, you can do things outside of the hotel that are community based, but with your staff that enhance their involvement, not only with the community or the things that are going on, but it enhances their hopefully their life with our family, within our family. Right. And, and so all of that works hand in hand to try to create that culture, as everybody likes to talk about, how do you build the culture? And, you know, is, is it solid or is it just a bunch of double talk and you got to back it up because people see the difference? They do. They totally, yeah. It's not, it's not a once a year beach cleanup. Right. <laughs> right. And we, we did that and, yeah. you know, and, but there's other things that, that have to happen and, and, you know, that we, we try to do and, and that helps in our community. I can pick on one of our hotels is, is an art community and, and, you know, the activation of art and art walks and different things like that, which fully haven't happened. It's great when they can come into the hotel and, and see, um, you know, our resident artist in the hotel because they yeah. have it. And even our resident artist who is a little bit uh, advanced in years yeah, really had to stay away for COVID. And now, you know, that he gets to back to interacting. I mean, that was the thing that he missed the most was he oh, couldn't yeah. interact with just people coming by. And so that's, that's a real positive. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, have you guys started to get away from the the covid messaging and some of the i don't want to say getting away from the safety protocols but you know you, you know the stickers six feet away stickers on the ground and maybe the purell stations at you know every 10 feet have you have you started to remove traces of what's been going on and try to get back we have we have i think <clears throat> we were a little bit on the fence at when the cdc came out and but you know we we knew that things were changing and people were tired. Uh, so we made a conscious effort to say, let's go back to doing things the way we used to, the way we, you know, we were known for, we, the way we built the culture and, and give them the experience that they're hoping for. Uh, while we've all learned how to be cleaner, you know, more streamlined, and it took a little bit even uh, longer in the restaurants where we, you know, we 
did roll silverware for a little bit while longer. And then as everybody, we saw the comfort level growing, we went back to, you know, having a glass set on the table and silverware and things like that. So it, I wouldn't say it's 100%, but I, we're a lot closer to where that 100% was back in 19 and early 20. Yeah. Are you back to buffets? We have done a few, not much. We, we really, a lot of our weddings, when we booked them, we talked to people about, you know, plated meals and, um, but we are starting to get that request. And, um, I mean, I, I, I will tell you, I went to a conference in Atlanta, uh, you know, the Hunter and mm-hmm. it was a hundred and, uh, 1200 people and it was buffet, but, you know, very well done. And, and, um, certain things were prepackaged and certain things were, um, doled out with, uh, screening and things like that. And it was pleasant and it felt normal, which yeah. is great to be normal. So we have all intents to, um, at our, Chattanooga, the Reed House, we are going to do a traditional Thanksgiving hotel buffet and and use the ballroom and and go for that. And that'll be our first because we've always, you know, the major Mother's Day, Easter, uh, Thanksgiving. And then we are bringing back our Christmas, you know, have uh, we do a big breakfast with Santa a couple of days Mm. and a lot of different activations that we haven't been able to do that um, we will definitely do this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's a great, incredible. Do guests, do guests and employees care about the removal of some of these COVID reminders? I think, you know, as, as it came into April and things started to get back to somewhat of normal, Everybody was tentative. I would say going into July, we still have, we we absolutely encourage if a guest feels comfortable to wear a mask, please do. If a staff member feels comfortable about wearing a mask, and I will tell you, we have a bellman that just, you know, he, he has some concerns, so he wears a mask and it's fine. But yeah. Predominantly, I think people are in uh, the place where they want to get back to life as yeah. it was. Yeah, 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 and, and they're appreciative and I, of the. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of folks, and and they appreciate what we did and all the efforts everybody went through as they were going through it. And I think, I think, you know, industry wide, we built a confidence level that we could, you know, handle the the cleanliness and and do what was needed and uh, talk to people and, and contact trace. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we have new terminology and, and all that good stuff. But uh, I think we're, we're back pretty much as normal. And I think people appreciate that it's back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's my sense too. Um, if you had to Monday morning quarterback the last year and a half, a little bit, looking back, go, going into it and having, been through the storm. Is there anything that, you know, you as a senior VP of operations or the organization has learned through this process that you're going to maybe take and change the way that you've done things in the past going forward? I think operationally, of course, we've discussed some of those things. So there's, there's still things out there uh, 
that will continue to contemplate what those services are, how they look. I mean, we, we used to have, uh, you know, there, there was different things that we provided for the guests that, you know, whether it was a little small amenity that was uh, a localized food product, uh, you know, here in Charleston, that was just a, a nice treat that, that disappeared. And whether we bring that back, you know, is, is that something that, really cements our experience or was it just something we thought we had to do to get that guest through the door and and now we're not you know we haven't made that determination 110 percent um same thing with breakfast if you know a lot of marketing uh, schemes uh, include breakfast or whatever and breakfast has changed tremendously so those kind of things. And then as you, you know, we dealt so much with the relationships and those are the things that you look back on and say, what could I have done better to handle uh, how we you know, had to furlough people? Did we do the best job we could? Uh, I think, you know, if you talk to our uh, director of people in culture, she would tell you that we did a pretty good job and we continue to do a pretty good job. But, you know, there's, there were a, a few folks that probably fell through the cracks and you, you know, because you, you count on them as family, you, you don't want to lose anybody. And so you, you go back to that and you say, we could have done this a little bit differently. Um, I thought we were, you know, it, it, us as a company, we were pretty proactive. We came out right away. We knew what we were going to do. Um, we got open quickly so we could bring people back and put them back to work. Um, so that was a, a positive and um, it, it was tough just to get that confidence that we could control. And that was a lot of it is how did we as a, uh, a management group really effectively battle the COVID situation with tracing and all those things. That's probably uh, what we look at the most and say, did we do a good job on that side so that we didn't alienate a, a you know, a, a team member or, you know, a potential guest as well. So we, we continue to, to look back and, and evaluate and, you know, but we're moving forward and, and it's busy. And so, you know, now everybody's trying to take care of the family members, the team members and the guests all over again. Yeah. Right back into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of um critically analyzing actions of the past and and you know the the great leaders will be the ones that critically analyze themselves and how they've done things uh but how organizations handled the last year and a half is most certainly going to be critically analyzed by the team members that uh are still there and are no longer there um, and, you know, I guess all we can hope for is that there's a good dialogue, uh, coming out of this so that, you know, everybody feels heard and that, you know, we can really truly, uh, take some valuable lessons as we move forward. Right. Right. And I think, you know, we did a lot of, uh, you know, peer review and we did, uh, employee surveys and, and we've taken a lot of that to heart and, um, you know, there, there's always going to be a, a few things that, uh, you know, you have to take to heart and really um, look at them. But, 
But I think even with some of our employee surveys, they they were appreciative of some of the things that we did. You know, you don't always hit a home run. You got to hit a few singles here and there. So <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Okay. Same question. Uh, but, uh, maybe for you on, is there anything that was validated for you or revalidated in how you approach your position in your experience through COVID? I just, you know, it, it was, it was such a tough thing. I, I would say what validated for me is the people that we have that we count on in this organization, you know, right down to managers running front desks and, and having to do things that they hadn't done before and parking a car, or, you know, taking trash out and doing all the different things, you, you know, where, when the rubber hits the road, it, you realize who you can count on. And, uh, I think that was the most validating for me because I wasn't very disappointed and it was great to be side by side with all those folks and, um, trying to, Tell them I still got it, even though I'm, I haven't been doing it as frequently as, <laughs> yep, uh, as yeah. I used to. I've been there. I've been there. I, yeah, definitely been there where you, you jump in and you think you know how a department runs because it's part, of, it's under your care. And then you realize, oh man, no, we, I really don't know what's going on around here. Yeah. We got to, we got to get our new onboarding, you know, training up and running again right. or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I realized that I was, uh, not as adept with the property management system as I thought I was. Yep. 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 In there for sure. That muscle memory, you know, those, those yeah. keys and yeah, yeah. That, that leaves you pretty quick. Um, Ken, this was, uh, this was a great uh, insight on the show. Thanks for coming on oh. and letting us know what's happening. It's uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you very much. You bet. If anybody wants to get a hold of you or learn more about Avocet Hospitality, where should they go? Uh, we, uh, please check our website, Avocet Hospitality Group. Um, we are there and um, I am on there and you can reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, so um, which is probably in technology I'm not as uh, adept with either, but please reach out to me. I, I'd love to hear from anybody. Sounds good. I'll link to both in the show notes if anybody wants to find it. Just uh, scroll down and they'll see it. Well, look, best of luck uh, as we move forward and uh, hopefully 22 is going to be uh, another record year for you guys. Well, let's hope so. We we would love to see that. Keep uh, keep it consistent. That would be great after the last year. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, Dave, all the best. Thank you. Thanks for your much. This was my episode with Ken Merkel. You can find him on LinkedIn and you can learn more about Avocet Hospitality Group at avocethospitality.com. I'll link to both in the show notes. You can see the full interview on YouTube. Just search The Proven Principles Podcast. And if you want to learn more about the show, just head over to our website, theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Finally, if you need help with a project or just someone to talk to about a tough problem in your hotel or restaurant, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can book a free call with me by going to knowinghospitality.com slash contact. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. For past episodes, show notes, or if you've got a story that might make a great episode, head on over to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to The Proven Principles Podcast.